0: Welcome to Let's Talk Fleet Risk, a podcast for those who manage drivers and their vehicles and want to reduce road risk in their organisation. Hello and welcome to this edition of Let's Talk Fleet Risk. I'm here today with John Anderson, who's the National Logistics Director for Tarmac and manages one of the largest supply chains and fleets in the UK, working across rail, road and water sectors. Good morning, John.
1: Uh, good morning.
0: John, Tarmac operates a mix of vehicle types. I was wondering, to start with, if you could just give us a quick breakdown of the size of the fleet that you're uh, operating and the types of driving that the business needs to manage.
1: Absolutely, Simon. Certainly. Well, uh, as you can imagine, as, as, as market leader in the, the construction industry, we, uh, we manage uh, construction material supplies. Uh, as a major supplier into the UK infrastructure, and as such, we we manage a fleet of around five thousand, just over five thousand uh, vehicles, made up predominantly half of those are, are large goods delivery vehicles, but also uh, about two thousand five hundred of them are, are, are light like commercial vehicles or cars and vans, uh, which uh, you know our employees or our workers use to travel to and from the place of work.
0: So, I mean, that's a, a complex uh, fleet uh, d- to manage. What, what are the main challenges in identifying areas to improve driver safety uh, and sort of have you met those challenges?
1: Yeah, yeah, certainly. Well, if, if, if we, we, we risk categorize each of those. And, and obviously, I mean, for the purpose of today, if we if we would focus on the large goods vehicles. Um, you know, we cover in excess of, of 50 million miles per year, uh, making hundreds of thousands of uh, deliveries per month. Um, uh, as such, these vehicles uh, work on site on the public highway, but also off site as well. So there's a there's a whole range of risks. Associated with this, um, not just the physical risks, but also the behavioural and, 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 and the psychological risks around uh, around operating these vehicles. We categorise that. We look, but certainly our initial focus is around some of the generic ones around speeding, uh, around uh, you know harsh braking and, and control of the vehicles, and you know we make sure uh, digitally that we're satisfied that the people operating these vehicles are, are, are competent to do so.
0: Do you um, get any driver input into what the actual risks are with the different types of transport movements that you have?
1: Yeah, we do. We try and engage heavily. I think, I think this, is, this is a really valid point. I think historically um, our engagement and involvement with the drivers tend to... Ten, to be around predominantly negative events, and I think it's a real reflection. I learned from us, and something you know has been part of the the driving for better business uh, approach. It's, it's hang on a second. We, we we should be celebrating success more, whereas historically, if we reflect on it, we'd probably say, you know, our involvement, where drivers were as a result of a negative event, whether that be an incident, uh, an accident, a road traffic collision, or, or or a speeding event. Whereas now we're we're really you know, broadening that, uh, and and I think it's something that that COVID has has brought to the forefront. We're broadening that into. Hang on a second as I alluded to earlier, the, the, these people in their daily lives do millions of miles uh, representing our brand and delivering our products and are very much customer-facing. So we we realise we have to engage with them and we make a conscious effort to engage with them in a positive way as well uh, and seek and make sure that communication is two ways. So monthly newsletter as an example, you know, we really celebrate some of the small things that these people do to deliver successfully and, and be part of our brand. So uh and make sure that communication's in so they have the ability as part of the delivery system to report good acts as well as negative acts or near hits or near misses they can uh record that and and and, um submit that electronically from their vehicle but we're really encouraging over the last couple of years to submit positive events and then we look to give them recognition on the positive events as well so so drivers a lot of our committees our health and safety committees and our, our site um, liaison meetings we involve them in, in the discussions and, and then our plans and future thoughts
0: so getting drivers to report um, near misses must have been quite a challenge they, they've got to feel their Properly supported uh, from the top, haven't they? Else, there's a risk that they they feel they're reporting something that, that could get them into trouble. So you, you must have done well with the um, with the driver culture to get them to feel comfortable reporting near misses, and and that's great because it gives you more data to work on and ultimately make them safer.
1: I, I think you're right. That's that's been a fantastic success journey. Is is it, first of all we automated it, made 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 it easy and. And uh, you know, initially we we made them anonymous, but actually we find more and more people now put their names, the sites, their location on it, and and they're proud to say they're part of that step in campaign. If they see something is not uh, working or isn't as it should be, they step in, and 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 again, uh, no one wants a negative outcome. One of our, our key focuses to make sure that whether they're driving, whether they're in an office, whether they're on a, a machine in a, one of our sites, or customer sites they see something that has potential to cause harm you know they step in they 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 make a conscious decision to report it and i I actually believe they now realize that that makes them feel better and better about themselves and better about working for organization but it's been a hard challenge there's no question about that culture was there that they feel like they were um you know perhaps reporting something but but once you get over that it's about the safety element it's about people's well-being I think it starts to gain traction, and again, we're continuing to see that grow every month. Uh, and, and then you make data-driven decisions. You're, you, you touched on it there, Simon. That those data-driven decisions make sure that your strategy, your your policy, is all heading in the right di- direction and, and 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 aligned to where the real challenges are about people who drive for a living.
0: And how did you kind of start that process to to build that trust then? What's the secret to communicating effectively with with, with your drivers to try and achieve that?
1: Uh, It's it's a great question. I think, uh, you know, if we go back uh, just, you know, the year before COVID or or two years before COVID, we set about having a big campaign where... um, we went out, uh, we certainly had stickers, uh, we had uh, various uh, you know, giveaways for our, our hauliers and our drivers, and we went out to our sites and our, our offices and our locations and spent time actually talking to these people, listening to them, meeting them. Uh, again, it was trying to be proactive rather than that reactive to a negative event. So there was a whole engagement campaign and, 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 and we launched it and we advertised it. And, and in the end rather than us picking sites people were nominating and requesting us to go to their sites and meet them and talk to them about some of their concerns but also talk to them people were very proud about some of the conditions and some of the things they had done some of the best practices they would introduced in our site and they actually wanted to show off and we felt that was that was really good so we, we encouraged the transport teams and the distribution teams uh, the depot and warehousing teams to get out there Talk to the people who who are, are representing us every day. Uh, get on the front foot and listen to them. And I think that really has, you know, that really has driven that collaboration and engagement forward, and, and got them to a position where trust. We have we, talked about trust, and the, uh, and I think trust in the trust in the senior leadership team, trust in the people they deal with every day, is important. And uh, we certainly would would advocate the quickest way to trust is get out there get in front of the people um, talk to them and uh, and, and listen i think is important as well as it's, it's not just talking it's, it's the listening and i think my motto has always been you know you said we did it's important that if we agree to do something that we do it and it's a tangible outcome and they can see that and and, and that certainly starts a journey and, and and something that you can you can build on
0: so, I mean, that's that's obviously a good example of how you've communicated that to the to the drivers. So there's there's basically clear standards been set that the drivers understand. That they need to follow. They understand why they're trying to follow those standards and and to maintain high levels of professionalism with their with, with their driving. And you, you touched on the fact that it's important to recognize the good as as well as the bad. So I was wondering if you could just a, a couple of examples of yeah, how how do you actually in practice go about recognizing? good behavior and giving people recognition for a job well done and and maybe how do you provide sort of I hate to call it negative feedback, but how, you know where where, some, where where someone maybe has fallen short the expected standards. how do you kind of deal with that to get them up to the same level as the others?
1: Yeah, if I could, if I can start with the um, the good and good practice, etc. I think again we would we would certainly so so we do employ our own employed drivers, but we also have a lot of third party and deal with industry and contractors. So again, it's it's engaging with the key people in those organisations as well as the individuals that are operating the vehicles or driving the vehicles themselves. So if we see something we do get regular reports through whether it be linkedin or twitter we get regular feedbacks into our communication we've got a, a, an easy access communication through social media channels and if we get good feedback we make sure that someone in a relatively senior position will pick that up and speak to the haulier and i make sure that they go and speak to the driver and quite often myself uh, i will quite Often drop that um, driver or haulier an email uh, or a phone call to say, Look, we've had a report where, I don't know, you slowed down for some horses, and and we got really good feedback that, you know, when those riders were. Uh, going along that road, you know, the tarmac driver, whether it be a truck or a van, were the most, uh, the, the, the most considerate driver they passed on that lane. And that's great feedback. And, and, and we send that to not only the driver, but the employer, but also to the local site. And I think, again, trying to promote that awareness and, and local ownership that that site uh, or distribution depot recognise that that driver's representing them every time they leave that gate they're representing again the brand and, and who we are as a as a, a functional logistics function so so some good good opportunities to celebrate success there and of course there are small tangible things that might be that we they, they get a, a body warmer or a fleece or, or or you know a, a baseball cap or just some small things uh, that, that that we do um and on the negative side, again, uh, it's not to play too much on the negativity of the event. Uh, everyone, you know, we, we, we recognize people make mistakes or misjudgments. It, it's making sure that we don't overly penalize that, but we make sure that people are aware where, where they've gone wrong, why it's important that they rectify that. And, 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 and we put, uh, you know, measures in place to see that we've had that discussion We've, we've implemented that action. But again, it's following up on it. Um, we know that some of the biggest risks are when you know things aren't followed up and then it creeps back in and it becomes a rep- repetitive event. And, I, and again, I think that's something we, uh, with the help of, of of some of our technology that we we, we go back and uh, revisit that and make sure that that action's been closed out and signed off and hopefully we prevent a reoccurrence
0: yeah and you you mentioned in in with that that you've got a obviously supply chain and hauliers working under the tarmac banner as well as uh, as part of the work you do so i'm wondering within you know because it's such a large organisation and with uh, such a large supply chain as well um how do you ensure that the various layers of management within tarmac and uh, the people who are uh, running your suppliers, how, how do you ensure that they understand and, and meet the standards that you've set?
1: Yeah, again, another excellent question. And it is, it is complex. There's no question of it. We, we, we supply hundreds of different products and various different vehicle types. So you can imagine trying to manage that on a, on a matrix style where. You know, you'd have thousands of different scenarios that you couldn't possibly, um, you know, manage. So it's really distilling that down to uh, what of our standards do we really want to highlight and make sure they're important to us? We know they're key levers or key indicators to delivery, to safety, to behavior, to well-being, we we know those key levers and and we make sure that they are the things that we are frequently asking our suppliers, our supply chain, our, our transport, logistics, distribution management to be focused on you know and once we know them we've got them distilled down and they know that they are the key areas we'll focus on uh, and the other things are important and we do talk about them if if, 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 if the need be but really trying to still that down to a few a few key indicators i, I think it's it's probably a, a a key mistake a lot of businesses make is is they have far far too many measures you know and and i a Deliberately say measures, Simon, and not indicators. You cannot have 50 key indicators. You know, I went to a meeting recently where somebody, I think it was 47 key indicators, key performance indicators. You can't possibly run a business with 47. You can run a business with 47 measures. We can have hundreds of measures, but what are your key performance criteria? And making sure our supply chain, our suppliers, our partners, understand that our hauliers and even our drivers they understand the four or five three the four or five things that if they do these the outcomes will be it will be a continual improvement
0: generally okay let's let's talk a little bit about data then that's a good link into uh one of the next questions that i wanted to uh ask you now we've just published a new case study around some of the things that uh you've done within tarmac to, to manage driver safety and, and which we're talking about here there's more details on some of that in the case study but it, it shows how you've worked with your uh, telematics partner masternought um and used that data basically to deliver um, a really impressive 48% reduction on insurance claims in just 12 months now you know we're talking about data and obviously a system like like gives you a huge amount of data and that allows you to set baselines. You can identify trends, allows you to sort of develop, um, you know, good tailored interventions and to track the performance, whether or not they have worked. But, you know, as you said, there's so much data available now, how do you look at what are the most important metrics to, to focus on and, um, you know, may, maybe give us the details of some of the other benefits that you've achieved by focusing on the right metrics.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think it's a it's a great point. I, I, you're right. Uh, as an organisation of, of of this size and as I alluded to earlier, when you're making hundreds of thousands of deliveries or vehicle journeys every day and every month, uh, uh, you know, the, the data lake is absolutely colossal. You know, there was no question of it. And you have to, again, a bit like the previous statement, you have to then distill that down into some key areas that we knew... We're going to really reduce our at fault collision rate. We knew we had problems so of working with, with partners, including our insurance bars, but, but I think importantly, and the, the Michelin Connect, the Mastenot element really helped us develop a dashboard that showed look, where are we with speeding? Where are we with speeding? We had to reduce our speeding. We knew we were speeding in some key areas, especially in urban environments, so we knew the locations, we had them geofenced. We knew who was speeding, when they were speeding, and probably why they were speeding, which I think was important. So speeding, we managed to reduce for, by over 10% in that same period, which really starts to drive uh, drive down the behavior. But then there was things that people didn't quite appreciate why we were focusing on them. Things like idle time or site turnaround time. And that was really us getting behind the science of behavioral uh, behavioural driving, and we're into the, the, the fact about mood, someone leaving our site, if they've sat in one of our sites waiting to load or waiting to be dispatched or waiting to go on a public highway, their expectation is we would turn them around, get them loaded, get them back on the highway in something like 15 to 20 minutes. And obviously, you know, time is money in life. If, if they're sat there for an hour, an hour and a half, two hours because we've run out of stock or we've had a breakdown, Frustration starts to creep in, Uh, time constraints start to creep in. So so their behaviour around mood and how they actually access the public highway or access a position where they, they can endanger other people, that mood piece and behavior piece really started to come into our, our, our forefront. And so again, we are really focused on reducing a site turnaround. Again, we achieved just in a short space of time, we achieved a, a, over an eight percent reduction in site turnaround times. Uh, idle time, you know, the time the vehicles are sat there actually being non-productive, but just sat with the engine. Again, it's it's trying to profile these individuals of saying. Well, that's costing someone money, you're using fuel. So again, it's thinking about that whole continual improvement, professional drivers, professional people that, that, that can say, well, look, if I switch off my, my engine, it's better for the environment. Again, we saw a significant in, in, improvement in, um, in, in idle time. And then again, we could really do some case studies on fuel cost savings to to some of our large hauliers. And that ran into to thousands and thousands of pounds per month. You know significant savings just by managing that idle time but again it was it was conversation it was coaching and, and providing some of that data to them i think that was the first one and, and really using that data but also i would say as well at the same time we we invested heavily in, in camera technology and, and as i said previously we had a 50 50 uh, bump for bump uh, at fault insurance rate but the use of camera technology helped us as well to demonstrate that it wasn't always our driver's fault. Actually, some of the great stuff that was going on, we were able to demonstrate that by having recordable camera technology. So again, it's using that data, using that technology and embracing it to really, you know, continue on that journey.
0: Yeah, and I think we you with this dashboard that shows um, the data for all the drivers to your sort of management team you you worked with Marsnot to create a management training program didn't you to help them understand that data and to act on it effectively
1: yes uh, yeah that, that was a good point I think again I think a lot of companies are blessed with so much data we're talking about data lakes and and, and tarmac is no different we have so much data it's sometimes hard to step back and say well, everyone wants everything and, and everything's got a value but actually the things that are really going to move the dial for you have to be easily accessible they have to be very visible and, and, and user-friendly and and again that's something that you know we we, we were a construction material company and, and people ask me what i do that, and i say we build great things what we don't do is turn data into true visible insight and, and and i think there's something again lessons there to step back and say there are other people that are much better at this than than, than us and and using that um those contacts and using you know the likes of of Mastonaut and, and to, to develop that dashboard and say look we, we've 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 worked on it together we know what the four or five key measures are here's where we get it from so it's validated it's, it's 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 concise but it's also presented in a way that that people can understand it and and, and interrogate it but also use it effectively and we worked extensively with Not during that process and and also a rollout program i think the other thing is, do people really understand it or do they just get sent a link? No, it's actually working with them, both face-to-face training, but also online training to make sure those people are getting the best out of that technology and that data and insight, and then putting that into action. And, and that relationship has, has really gone to strength, from strength to strength since since that point.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you, you're managing such a complex set of risks, uh, if you like, they... You can't do that on your own, can you? You need that outside help. And obviously, Marstonaut provide a great deal of help with with managing that data. What what sort of other outside help do you rely on to to manage the risk? Uh,
1: I think I alluded to it briefly earlier. Collaboration is... is something we all probably learn uh, you know as, as as you go through your career and working with those experts and partners you know I, I've given some examples earlier about the you know the, the learns from being part of the the, the driving for better business um it has been has been great you know celebrating that success making sure you're really recording your case studies and being able to reflect on that so that's been certainly certainly some big learns from us but also as, as we said working with with universities and academics that really understand this stuff, you you you, you realize where your limitations are and actually embracing those 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 professionals that come from you know master not telematics and, and data-driven um, you know people, but also you know, the insurance companies that are professionals in risk management that, that come and say, John. You're focusing on the key thing, you're, the wrong things, you know, and whether that be, I don't know, cars and trucks might be a good example. And they're saying, look, your, your average car driver drives twenty miles a day from the house to the their office. It's important, it's really important but they're well trained. You've got governance in place to check their driving license, their eyesight, and you know you check them every annually, etc. However, your trucks are doing two ten times that doing 200 miles a day, the, the 40 tons, the, 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 you know, when, when when a truck hits something, it's it's a big deal. So, so really using that professional risk management to gauge you and where you put your energy. We have limited resources like everyone, and, and you have to be able to prioritise that and, and use those those external experts and, and that collaboration and professionals to help you, you know, if not get to your end goal, certainly see the, the journey and the roadmap to the end goal.
0: Um what yeah what sort of uh, hurdles if any of you you faced when sort of trying to do all of this has, has there been any sort of typical challenges that you think maybe you faced that you have faced on this journey that other driver risk managers might have faced as well what, what sort of common hurdles and and how can people best deal with those sorts of hurdles
1: uh, I think I think they're always huddled. So there, there was no question with out right? like any other organisation, there, there are business priorities creep in, and we, we, we're we, a multifunctional organisation. So you have your operational teams, you have your commercial teams, your technical teams, your distribution customer service teams, all, all separate, and they've all got conflicting conflicting kpis and, and and conflicting priorities i think the one thing that that that, that i'm proud of and I, and I do reiterate is that that part of that last mile whether it be last mile logistics or 20 mile logistics uh road or rail or car or van is is it plays a massive part and it normally is the customer facing p- piece and it's the it's 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 the vehicle that leaves our site and, and and has our final product finished product on the back, and it's the person that turns up on the customer site with a clean, compliant, legal driver, legal truck, and represents our brand. And I think it's 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 been a journey. Um, everyone's got conflicting priorities, but the consistent message that. We can do nothing. We can make all the product in the world. We can it can be the best product in the world, but if it's sat in our site and doesn't get across from our site to our customer and the end user, then we've not achieved our goal, and, and certainly the revenues don't don't come in. So therefore, you know, when when I when I'm out in the business, when I'm out with the drivers with a driver or with a regional managing director or a board member, it's really just making sure that they appreciate the value uh, that that our fleet and our drivers and our our, our people bring to that. And and I think people start to understand that there are still pockets of where there's a lack of awareness of that and, and we continue to strive to to educate and, and, and inform people at just how important the the, the haulage and, and the distribution and the transport and the drivers play and, and, and it is something that's become really publicly aware in the last the last few years as we know um just that value and, and I think more than ever we have to protect that value and make sure we look out for our, our, our drivers and our people and they've got to feel part of our part of our brand and part of our fabric or or, or, or the future will be a real challenge.
0: Yeah. Um, it- we've discussed some significant achievements that you've made um obviously including the incident reduction and improvements in business performance and uh environmental improvements as well with the idling and the fuel use all of that kind of thing just to wrap up what what are the most important achievements to you and and i guess how do you look to build on those for the future because risk management is a constantly evolving thing no you know no one ever does it perfectly it's a constant strive to improve so how do you look to build on those improvements uh,
1: yeah it's 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 fantastic something that i'm really simon i'm really passionate about is, is we talked earlier about data haven't we we've talked about systems and technology um uh, my key ambition now and, and i think it's it's probably the biggest one for 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 industry and and i, and I talk to my colleagues across the mineral products industries. Uh, industry is is joining that technology we have available to to make sure we we recognize that you, you know the, the predictability of of some of these challenges we face is we're able to predict it uh, with whether that be through ai or the, the embracing technology. And you know that what we're proud of is is the Mastanaut, the, the Michelin Connect, the telematics we have, uh, a thing called OneCard. Which, which is what we've done is digitalized all our driver's records. We have no paper left for our drivers, whether that be their competencies, their training, their, their experience, the expiry of their, their when the next CPD or, uh, course is due. That is all now digitalized on a on virtual card and is able to be validated at a point of load or the point of entry into one of our sites. So that's great. However, it's still separate from our vehicles, uh, and the next stage for us is really join that technology together so as that I know that it's John Anderson that's in our site he's waiting to load he's competent but actually I also know that that was John Anderson that was speeding uh, 20 minutes ago when he was coming back from a delivery at a site and it's joining that and therefore that will allow us to intervene and say well John I can't load you with your next load because you have to have a a tutorial on speeding because that's the third event etc so it's really using that technology now to our advantage and allows to maximize the time we have with these individuals whether it be for learning or continual development and and automate it as much as possible I think for all fleet managers I think technology is out there some are further ahead and some are are well behind but I, I think it's about embracing that technology and making sure that our suppliers in particular are, are providing us with technology that is, is, is transferable and can work with other parts. Because, again, one, one thing we are seeing is that there's an awful lot of great stuff out there and available. However, it doesn't communicate with each other. And I think that the people that can join the, the, the human being to the person, to the asset, to the behaviours and activities, that is the next big success. And then act on act on the insight, and that will mean that people who come to work for anyone in a driving or, or you know a construction or a vehicle or a caravan, that they come, they drive to work safely, but they go home safely to the to the families at the end of the end of the day.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's a, a fantastic point to end. I think it's so important to have all that data together. You, you you know what you need to do. You can show that you've done it. You've got all the data easily accessible. Um, and it's peace of mind for all concerned,
1: isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. At the end of the day, we, we want people to represent our, our company and, and represent logistics across the, across the wider UK. It's, it's a massive part of our... Um, are being in, in, in the UK is logistics, distribution and driving. And, and it's so important that the that, that the people are recognized, but also they're kept safe and and, and protected. And I, and I think technology and AI will, will help us on that next next step of the journey.
0: Brilliant. Now I mentioned earlier that we've just published a new case study um detailing the, the work you've done and, and the achievements. And that goes into a bit more detail about how you've achieved some of those benefits that uh we've talked about over the last half an hour um, so we'll put a link to that case study in the show notes uh so if anyone wants to read that they can uh, see just how you've gone about that uh but John thank you very much it's been a fascinating discussion I really appreciate your time today thank you very much
1: no well, thank you Simon and uh take care it's been uh, it's been a pleasure
0: If you manage drivers and their vehicles and you face similar issues to those discussed in this podcast there are links in the show notes to some useful resources on the Driving for Better Business website and these are all free to access. If you enjoyed the conversation please don't forget to hit subscribe so you know when the next episode is released and please also give us a five-star review as this helps us to get up the podcast rankings and makes it more visible to others who might also find it useful. You can follow us, that's Driving for Better Business, on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn. And most importantly, please help us to spread the word. All our resources are free for those who manage fleets and their employees who drive for work. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk Fleet Risk and I look forward to welcoming you to the next episode. Brought to you by Driving for Better Business.